Hey, welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. This is your host, Jim Cockrum. SilentJim.com is the only link you'll ever need if you're a fan of this show. And today I've got a treat for me, and I think you're going to enjoy it as well. It's been a couple of years since we had this guest on the show, and a lot's changed since then. You're going to see and hear a difference in this guest because it's my son, Trey, who's was 17 in episode number 101 when we first had him on the show or when we last had him, I should say. And now he's 19 and he's got a thriving business. And no, he's not selling physical products on Amazon, although he's been involved in that business with us in various ways at different points. He's built his own marketing agency. He is thriving with one of the models that we teach around here, and that is learning to consult, learning to teach others how to use the internet creatively. And I've got to admit, I've got to come clean here that the vast majority of the skills that he has are outside of my skill set. He's just run with the concepts that we teach around here. He sees the world as a wide open landscape of opportunity. He's been very non-traditionally educated, homeschooled. For those who don't know, we homeschooled all five of our kids. He took on projects on his own, very entrepreneurially minded early on, built his own computer when he was, I think maybe 11, 10 or 11 years old, and, and then started creating YouTube videos. So he's always been a fan of the internet marketing vibe. But today he's going to join us. I'm going to ask him some questions about education, about his business, share with us some of the numbers. He's got clients paying him thousands of dollars per month, and he manages their internet marketing businesses for them and advises and consults them. It's been fascinating to watch his business grow. And one of the goals that I have as you listen today is not just to show off, hey, look, here's my son, Trey, and he's doing great. That doesn't necessarily do a whole lot for you, although I am very proud of him. His mom and I are super proud of all of our kids. But what I hope happens today as you listen is your challenge to consider that maybe the opportunity is quite a bit bigger and more accessible than you've realized. If you're only selling on Amazon right now, for example, and you may find yourself living and dying on every little change in the Amazon ecosystem, well, the opportunity is huge. Let me just give you an example. There's no reason you couldn't be taking those basic skills that you have selling physical products on Amazon, which is fairly straightforward and easy to most of us who have spent just a few hours learning the simple systems especially the systems we teach around here, well, there's no reason you couldn't take those basic skills, go out and find a client or two or 10 or 20, build a team, manage those businesses, those Amazon selling businesses for them. Most people are very intimidated by that. Learn what you have to need to learn as you go. Don't stuff your head full of a bunch of information you don't need. Just learn as you go and build a multiple income stream business based only on what you know right now. And again, that's just assuming you know the basics of how to sell on Amazon. Regardless of what skill set you have online, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're investing in some of the great content and materials taught by great leaders in the industry, ours included, you are more than qualified to begin helping others succeed online. And that's exactly what my son Trey, who you'll meet in just a moment, has been doing. And he's only been doing it seriously at the level he's at now for the past few months. So we're catching him kind of new in the process. But I can tell you this, he's earning a whole lot more money than any other kid I know his age right now. And he's living a very flexible lifestyle. He's working when he wants to work. He works hard. 
Most days he's putting in several hours. I will say that. But when he needs to take some time off, the weather's nice. He wants to go hang with some friends, take a trip. He's living this flexible lifestyle based on a very non-traditional education and internet marketing strategies. So let's jump over, add Trey on. One thing I will point out, it's kind of funny, is he's down in his bedroom and I'm up in my office in the same house. We had the best two microphones are in his room and my room. So rather than juggle cords and move microphones, we thought, hey, just stay down there. I'll send you a link. We'll record the whole thing using Zoom and post it out there. And this is one of those links, just to remind you as well, I'm sorry, one of those episodes where we'll have a link to YouTube and you can go see Trey and I hanging out on screen, having a conversation about his business and how he's learned what he's learned, how his business is doing. So look for the link in the show notes at silentgym.com slash podcast. There'll be a link to YouTube. Any other resources that we mentioned today, you'll find them there. And we're so glad you can hang out with us today. Enjoy this interview with my son, Trey. All right, Trey. So with that introduction, buddy, fill us in. What have you been up to? Man, all kinds of stuff. It's really, the list is endless and I'm sure people listening understand that. But there's, I mean, there's so much. I literally, I could go for like an hour. I feel like there's so much. Um, is there anything specific that you think I could share starting off here that you feel like is a good starting point? Well, One of the things I'd like for listeners to walk away with today, perhaps, is the feeling that, okay, here's this kid. Last time we met him, he was 17. Now he's 19. Am I missing something? Because he sure seems to be killing it. And you are. And we're very proud of you. You're doing a tremendous job. You've grown an incredible business. But what are those maybe some foundational concepts or thoughts that kind of guide you as you build this business? Because you've got no... you, You haven't leveraged, for example, my name hardly ever maybe a handful of clients have even known who I was. So it's not like you're leveraging that somehow. You've been very determined to do it on your own. So what are some of those guiding principles that have propelled you forward and gotten you to where you are? And and share some specifics about your business too, some numbers. This is a good place to kind of show what you've built. Yeah, sure. Well, specific principles. I mean, I think we talked about this recently, like in the kitchen. It's so funny being downstairs on an interview, by the way, it's kind of kind of hilarious when you think about it but in the kitchen we talked about this like two weeks ago just in time information versus um just in case information uh and i think i think it was tim ferris who made that like quote and i've really and i credit him for that and he's like you know you have just in case stuff which is a lot of academia right now um and that's just like filling your head and almost trying to have a safety net of information and then there's just in time which is diving in and kind of building the plane as you go and I think, you know, and you, you being at the top of a massive, you know, education-based business, you see the most successful students are the ones who just dive head in and they're like, all right, we're going to figure this out as we go, as opposed to feeling like we need to figure it out and then we go. And so I think that's been a big thing. There have been plenty of times where I take on a client or a coaching student, or I'm even selling a product that doesn't exist yet. And I don't really know. It's like, all right, I got to build this out. I got to figure this out. Um, you know, with my course, I sold that. I sold a lot of copies before it was even built. And I started building after we had sold a handful of copies and enough for me to think, all right, that's, that's proof of concept. Now let's roll. And that, that's, another, that's another thing, market backwards. You know, you don't start with an idea. You start with the market. You start with what sells and then you build systems around what's already selling. And that helps a lot of your students too. I mean, a lot of people think they know what product will work. But actually, no, you need to read into the numbers. That's what Dynasty did. You know, they, they found the golden gap. They started there. They looked at the numbers. 
they were like, all right, this fits. Now let's build a business around it. Right. So that's just a couple of things that come to mind. I think besides that, I mean, the advice that I get a lot is like, don't let your age get in the way, but I've never found it to get in the way. I've actually, you know, leveraged it more than anything. I just had a client call this past weekend with like a capital real estate. I don't know the whole thing. I honestly don't exactly understand his business model. I'm going to before we work with him, but he's coming in, he's paying us about $2,000 a month and plus a thousand dollars a month in ad spend. So $3,000 a month in total to us, we're spending a thousand on ads to generate him leads for a company which provides capital for real estate investors or something like that. I'm not exactly sure. And he was like, so why you? And I said, well, cause I'm young and I understand this stuff, you know, and it's more of a leverage point. So taking the things that are perceived weaknesses and using them as leverage points instead, I think is another one. You know, um, a lot of people think a weakness is be all end all a weakness, but it's really not if you find a way to leverage it, you know, so it's just some things that come to mind, honestly, and then not forcing anything to creating an environment. I mean, I'm blessed, you know, you say I haven't leveraged your name, but I have, I mean, I brought a lot of stuff to you for advice, you know, and I, I've definitely leveraged your wisdom in many, many plenty of ways. And so, you know, creating an environment where you can be like, all right, I don't have to force anything. I just have to rely on the people, the circumstance, uh, and my environment kind of pushes me forward. That's a part of why I'm still home is because it's like, I don't trust myself to go off with what I have and be alone yet. I still need proper mentorship. I still need the environment that I've got here at home. Um, and I still need the connections that I have, you know? So I feel like I hit a million little mini topics there, but I think I'm making a No, that was great. That was yeah. great. You know, one I'd like to hear you talk about in your own words as well is the, and we've talked about this recently as well, a lot of young adults, you know, kids your age, they're being told, hey, go find your passion, go pursue your passion. I'd like to hear in your words how you process that message. And, and if someone says that to you, what your response is and how you, how you think through that. So... And we've talked about this too. And I think we very much agree on the, on the point that, you know, the idea, is it Mike Rowe? I think you've brought him up before. He says something on this topic. Yeah, Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs. He's like, you know, don't pursue your passion, take it with you, right? And so I think anything that you're doing, it's so interesting. People assume that they have to find their passion first. But in reality, if you are succeeding at something, it's going to become very easy to be passionate about that thing. It's really, really easy. So it's a matter of getting over that first hump of not really knowing if it'll work or not. And then once you're over that hump, because most people get over it if they just stick to it, then you're going to become extraordinarily passionate about it far more than you ever would with a traditional whatever, you know, going, going the traditional find your passion first route and then try to build a business around it because that, don't, that won't always work. And then you'll feel like your passion's been rejected. But in reality, it's just this like hypothetical idea that you had has been rejected, you know, and that just happens all the time in the market. So it's, that's no big news, you know? So yeah, I think. It comes back to, again, starting with the market. And once you get really passionate about like the impact that you're making, like even, even Dynasty, like I was talking to their team and it's like, you know, their goal is to, because you think they're just a toy company, but no, they're building toys that are specifically designed to help families come back together. And that's, that's a very meaningful thing. And they wouldn't have arrived at that point early in the process. They were just toy salespeople. But now they're thinking, okay, what's, what's a way that we can take this platform and turn it into meaning? And if you really feel the need to find some sort of a woo-woo meaning to what you're doing, it's easier to find after you've built the business. You know, it really is. I be begin serving customers well. Yes, start now. And then find out more of how you can serve them even better. Ask them questions. That's one of the first things that I do when I start working with, with someone as a client. 
who already has a bit of momentum, I ask them the simple question, when's the last time you ran a survey to your audience? Yeah. And ask them what they want. Yes. You can figure out a lot of times the next obvious product right under your nose. Exactly. Next obvious uh, directive for the, for the company, the next profitable venture. And they'll tell you exactly what it is. You don't have to guess. You don't have to test even. You don't. Um, it's interesting to me that you know, here you are living under the roof of an, an operation that boasts itself as being the number one and by anyone else's standards, top five, no matter what list you look at, training specifically for people who sell physical product on Amazon. Now, we do a lot of other things really, really well, but that is kind of the heart of what we've got our reputation built around. And you're not doing anything really on the Amazon platform. You're doing some other very specific things that are working really well. And actually, it's things that we don't do here. You, you, you haven't integrated yourself into what we've built. You've kind of mirrored it and built your own organization. And, it, and at some point, you and I have talked, but there'll probably be some kind of mutually beneficial merging, but you've got your own business. So I want to hear about some of these clients. You haven't really thrown any numbers at us yet. Uh, you're working with people typically who are older than you, in some cases, significantly older than you, but you've got a great reputation. So address some of those topics. Yeah, sure. I mean, starting with numbers, I mean, you know, we consistently, I mean, you know, the team that we've got at this point, and this is a number I've thrown around a little bit. I mean, we have spent at this point over a million dollars in Facebook advertisements. Okay. And uh, while being profitable, we're not just throwing money away. Right. And so that's a really cool thing. That's a cool little like buzz phrase we can use, you know, and, you know, credit to the team though. Honestly, I didn't launch a lot of those ads. So you know, they're kind of the masterminds behind that. And so the clients we work with, two specific industries, e-commerce brands, uh, people who want to build their audience specifically on Facebook, collect Facebook pixel data, if anybody in the listening audience knows what that is, and hit those people with ads and get better conversions, have a better sales process for whatever product they're selling. Uh, besides that is uh, information product sellers. So like, you know, what MST does, you know, the courses pack, um, you know, half all, I mean, there's so many, there's so many there. We build webinar funnels and we help people sell higher ticket information products through that funnel. So we'll build it front to back, run the ads, help you out, help you with your messaging and everything. And, uh, you know, we turned, I've got a buddy who's using the exact same system we use and his, his results are probably like more impressive at this point. He's 17 and he turned a thousand dollars in ad spend into like $12,000 $12,000 in, in sales for, for a product of his client. And I just gave him the whole model. And that's recent. That's like one of your recent students and yeah. his results from what, just in the last week or two. Yeah. He's a buddy of mine and I gave him the template and, um, and he's, he's rocking with it. And so, yeah. And that's similar results to what we get. It's, it's not uncommon to hear of that. And then we also help them build out the audience aspect of it. Cause what you guys do at MST, you have a very cultivated community. And so once we get sales in, once we have proof of concept, we'll long-term consult them on actually building an audience around it. Because it's one thing to get a one-off sale. It's another thing to actually cultivate a long-term relationship with everybody who enrolls in whatever it is that you're selling. So that's kind of, that's the agency. That's what we do. If we were, uh, if we were on an elevator and I didn't know who you were, and you're going to tell me in 30 seconds or less, ideally 15 seconds or less. So what do you do exactly? I understand you're succeeding on the internet. What do you do? I would say one of two things. I would either say, depending on the person, you know, maybe in their in their understanding of the internet, I would say one of two things. I would say we help people who sell physical products online sell more of them using Facebook ads. Or I would say we help people who sell online educational programs sell more with Facebook ads and sales processes. And then lastly, if they're the kind of person that I think I could help with the education angle, I would say 
you know, we teach people how to do one of those two things. <laughs> yeah. Teach people how to run their own Facebook ad uh, agency because it's really, it's just a fairly low hanging fruit is a lot of businesses need it. It's kind of like walking around being able to say, I can sell on Amazon. It's the consulting model. If you can say that you get business cards. You know, if you can say I run Facebook ads, same deal. People need it. Yeah. It, and we teach people around here all the time to confidently say it. And, you know, if we were to sharpen up your elevator pitch, it would be basically, I use the internet creatively to sell more. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if it's physical product, if it's, if it's education, event, mm-hmm. whatever it is, we use the internet creatively to sell more. We make the phone ring. You know, we make customers come knocking on your door. We use the internet creatively. And that we've, we've told many of our students in the past in this community, hey, just be confident. When people say, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You don't have to say, well, I, I buy stuff that's you know, priced low at a retail outlet. And then I take it and I, I've, I put it in a box and I send it to Amazon and hopefully people pay more. But if they don't, then I have to put it on sale. No, it, because this is a relationship industry. Even if you're just doing retail arbitrage right now, you know more about, and I've, I've told you this many times, and you've just taken this ball and run with it very naturally. You know more about how to sell things online than the next 100 people you're going to encounter on the street, the next 1,000 people you're going to encounter on the street, just because you've been in this environment. Yeah. So listeners say, I'd like to encourage you, hey, that's the kind of stuff I told my son. And about the age of 15, he started taking it kind of seriously and started saying, yeah, I, I know how to sell stuff online. And they just went where it took him people have questions and you'll be amazed how simple the questions are that they have when they find out that you know how to sell online. And that's all you've done. And this is the direction it's taken you. You've found your niche and you've got a good handful of clients who are paying you well. I want to hear how old these folks are and how much some of them are paying you. You've given us a little bit of a hint there, but um, tell us a little bit more about your typical client. Maybe share a success story, you know, keeping the identity private if you'd like, of course, but share some of the stories from some of your clients. Sure, sure. And before I do that too, though, as well, I mean, you know, I just want to say, you know, if you are in PAC, if you're in the coaching program, anything like that, you have a, a right to walk around very confident in offering that service. I mean, you know, if you're just one step ahead of your market, you can sell that step to them. And that's effectively what I've done the whole way through. And that's, that's what everybody builds a really good business off of is that. And being in PAC puts you, or in the coaching program or anything like that, puts you miles ahead of, of, of your average Joe who runs any sort of a business. So you have full right to sell that service. But that being said, yeah, I mean, some of the clients, man, I mean, geez, we work with so many people at this point. My favorite ones are always people with a large, I mean, literally, I'm not even kidding. It's so funny because MST is like a total like dream client. It's so fun because I can like sit down with you and we can talk strategy and I can think about what I would do if I were to come in. And at some point it's going to happen, you know, but I'm taking it slow because I want to make sure everything's done really, really, really well because it is the family business, you know? And it's it's clients who are passionate about the information product they sell or the coaching they sell uh, and they're impact driven and uh, they've got a lot of success stories. And some of the results, I mean, man, for example, right now I won't reveal person's name or what they're selling, but I mean, we built them a better coaching sales process and we turned all of their, I'm going to get a little technical here, we turned all of their leads from outbound into inbound. So they were reaching out to people. Now all those people are reaching out to them and they doubled their coaching sales from about like $20,000 a month to about 40. And that was with like two or three weeks of working with them, just building a simple landing page and showing them how to promote it. And uh, we ran Facebook ads to their audience and we said, all right, you know, Hey, if you're interested in coaching, go through this funnel and apply as opposed to them emailing, doing a bunch of 
you know, response marketing. And that's fine. It works. And you can make a lot of money doing that. But inbound is always the best way to go. If you can get inbound sales of any kind, it's, it's way easier to cultivate a good relationship there. So that's one example. And the butterfly effect goes out too. I mean, there's so many. I could literally, I could list tons. I'm just trying to figure out which one is, is best to share, I guess. Well, take a stab at how many clients you've helped since you launched. And, and, and when did you actually launch your own agency? When would you, I'm not even sure I know the answer to that. It kind of started happening organically. I would say the beginning of the year, honestly. So probably a little bit before that. But I started taking it seriously as a business model at the beginning of this year because I noticed that if I could sell the success, even just the minor successes, it's so interesting. It's, it works on a fractal level. Like what works on a small level works on a large level. You just increase all the numbers and it's the same. So if I'm able to do a promotion, spend a hundred bucks and make back 400, we can spend a thousand, make back 4,000, we can spend a hundred thousand, make back 400 for, for a client in a niche where there's no bottleneck there somehow. Right. But yeah, it's been about six months, probably just a little over. I did a bunch of like one-off tiny consulting deals way early on. I mean, you know, I remember way back my first technical client was like a local business and I helped get them on Amazon. And that's when I realized there's a lot that I could potentially do with the whole like selling digital marketing as a whole. And I started to kind of ponder what's the most valuable thing I can bring to a business. Well, it's to help them get more business. I feel like advertising is the best route to go there. And so that's when I started learning Facebook advertising and diving into that. And I invested in a lot of different trainings and whatever, consulted with some friends. And so, yeah, short answer just over six months, I've been taking it seriously. Long answer is like probably a year and a half, but I wasn't really taking it seriously until fairly recently. Right. And you're talking about different clients virtually every day when we sit down and, and talk about your business and kind of go through the, everywhere. the strategies you're using and how you're growing. They're really everywhere. Yeah. You've got a pretty automated funnel. Mm-hmm. Give, me the, give me the raw numbers from just your marketing because you're marketing your service. Talk me through that a little bit. I know you've got some YouTube videos. You're spending some money to get some ads on the front of other people's YouTube videos. You're doing some Facebook ads. How much money are you spending to land clients and, and what's that return on investment? Sure. I mean, if you want exact specifics, I mean, right now, and this is, I mean, this is a process we can build for people, but you know, it takes, it takes a little bit of upfront work for sure. Right now to get an agency client, we're spending about $1,200. But of course, the retainer is so much higher than that. And the lifetime value is insane. If they stay for six months, that's a massive in the green or in the black investment, as you say, in the green for me means profit. It means in the black. (laughs) Um, And so that being said, you know, we spend about $300 per sales call and then typically I'll do them or I'll just have a buddy that I trust do them and just give them a general idea of how to approach the sales call. It's really not hard. When you say you spend 300 per sales call, you're, you're saying ads. So like I run ads. Okay. Generate leads, invite them with a call to action to schedule a call with the team. And you know, okay. out of That's 80, we'll- an inbound, scheduled, qualified sales call cost you about $300. Per. And your close ratio, if 10 of those people call you, how many become clients? I would say 1.5, you know, or two, maybe. One and a half. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Beautiful. One out of five about. And so that's, that's generally the ratio. And that's the thing. We don't rely on that funnel because ads, you know, they're, they're a good kickstart. I mean, it's mostly referrals and reputation. It's a good little thing to kick on, but you know, it's anybody who's running ads at a high level knows, you know, ads die, funnels die. You got to constantly be working on them unless you're really, really, really good. So it's not totally worth the maintenance, but yeah, when, when things are a little low 
when I'm willing to spend a little money, we maybe just got a big check or something. I'm like, yep, yeah, kick back on the ads, see if we can get a couple new clients, whatever. And, and uh, the client quality isn't always as good as a referral though. It never will be. Well, I think we've said enough to be dangerous that people know that you've got a legitimate business. You're spending money, you're bringing in leads, you're closing sales calls, you're on the phone with people, they're setting appointments with you. I mean, uh, we got a note, an email just today from my mom, who's your grandma, who runs my, a lot of my business and helps the physical product side. She helps with the Dynasty Toys and manages the books. Also manages our prep center where we receive inventory and prep it for other people, you know, so they don't have to store it in their own garage. We can store it for them. She runs that for us too. So she's wearing a lot of hats, but you may not even realize this. Got an email from her today saying that thanks to Trey, we just landed our biggest client ever for the prep center. I don't even know who it is, but I want to, I want to kind of shift into the direction of there's some people who are skeptical about internet business in general. They think it's, yeah, that's a nice side thing. Yeah, that's a nice, you know, hobby thing, but I could never actually do that instead of the traditional route of go to school, get good grades, go to college, get good grades, get the best job you can. That's security. Address that for a moment. When you look at the landscape of opportunities that are out there, how it's impacted our family and we're hiring friends and seeing this thing grow. And you're seeing friends of yours go off to college and, you know, we're not necessarily anti-college, but we have a lot of pretty hard questions we ask when the topic comes up. Uh, just talk through the landscape of opportunity and kind of how you process what it means to get an education. Sure. So I think Mark Twain's got a great quote, you know, never let, what's it, never let academics interfere with your education or what is it? Something like that, right? Something like that. Yeah. Never, never let your schooling interfere with education, something along those lines. Yeah. I mean, you know, education is always self education. You know, there's no such thing as education that isn't self-education. So even if you're being told the right things, you don't have to listen, you know? So it's always going to be a choice that you make, I think, at the end of the day. And so even if you go to the best college, even if you get all the right degrees, all the right certificates and everything, like if, again, it's also just in time or just in case information versus just in time. And just in case information sits and it kind of rottens over time and gets outdated and it's never applied, it's never practiced and it's never sharpened and never truly becomes relevant to the market need that it's supposed to give you. So I think when it comes to college and the traditional route, I mean, I've had plenty of friends and, you know, I, I growing up that really didn't see the value of what I was doing at the time. I don't totally blame them because things weren't, you know, popping like they are now, you know, but it is an interesting thing. I think there's so much opportunity that it's, it's, I'd say you're flying more blind if you go the traditional route than you would be if you just try for a year and a half, two years, especially at my age when it's low risk. If you're not trying to sell something online, you're just, you're missing out in a massive, massive way and you're going to regret it. I feel like it's an investment. Even if you don't make money, the information in your head, the experience of it, I mean, gosh, there's just so much to learn and there's so much opportunity everywhere. There's so much market need. And if you know how to generate leads for a service or a product, you know how to sell those leads on the service or the product in any fashion, whether it's using Amazon's algorithm to sell a product, whether it's using Facebook ads and a funnel to sell an agency service, like what we're doing, whether it's building a YouTube channel and selling clothing, I don't know. If you know how to do that, then you are far more financially secure in my mind than anybody with the nicest degree out there because they still haven't talked to the market. I don't care what kind of degree you have. They still haven't sold anything. And that's really all that I think matters. I've got all the respect in the world for people who have the discipline and the courage to invest that much and spend that amount of time. But I mean, gosh, like, you know, you don't hire based on that. And I, I never will. And 
it's really, I think if you, if you can sell, if you can come up with a service or a product, that's way more impressive, way more impressive to me, you know? So I don't know. I hate to step on some toes, but that's kind of my thoughts, you know? Yeah. And we're never ones to tell anybody, oh, you shouldn't be going to college. No. But like I said, we ask some hard questions. Mm-hmm. How much are you willing to pay someone to tell you what books to read? That's right. And if you have a love of learning, you're far better off than just getting some grades and having a piece of paper. Yeah. So if you have a love of learning, you know, the thing I've told recently, Trey, to, to listeners to this show is those who do find themselves in a college situation, start a business. The best time to start a business is 10 years ago or today. Start a business, use the internet creatively alongside whatever it is you're doing in life, because we live in a window of opportunity right now where it's never been easier. Your odds of success have never been higher. The price of failure has never been lower. You've never experienced that painful decision point. No one your age has had to experience that painful decision point of, okay, if I start my own business, I could easily be destroying my financial future the rest of my life. Because starting a business 20, 30 years ago meant tens of thousands of dollars, borrowing a whole bunch of money from friends and family, and then a year or two or three years of painful toil and struggle and tough decisions, any one of which, if you made it the wrong way, you're dead and you don't even know it. That's what it used to mean to start a business. And now it's like, oh, I think I'm going to talk to a few guys to pick up the phone, you know, call some of these guys that I talked to at this last event, see if they're interested in having me help them out. I think I could improve their sales process by 20%. Maybe they'll pay me part of it, right? That's just how your brain processes. So I, I like having you on the show for that reason. I think it's going to expand the window of perceived opportunity among people who still have that old version of what it means to start a business, to earn an income, even to have a job. I think that word is slowly dying in our culture and you're proof of it. You've got multiple streams of income and odds are you'll never actually have to have a job. And if you do, you'll do great at it. No problem. I'm convinced. Uh, But a degree, a job, no one's convinced you that those things are necessary, and I doubt they ever will. It's a hard argument to make at this point for me. You know, you have to. It's not. There's not much proof there for me anymore. But I mean, and, you know, I've got so many. I've got so many friends now, and I've actually even got one student. His name's Keaton, and he's a broke college student two months ago. Now he's got an agency that's like four point six thousand dollars a month profit for him, and he's selling Facebook ad services, and he's very seriously considering dropping out and just scaling into the six figure range. It's not that far away to do that, you know? So it is interesting, you know, and this, there's a lot of instances of that, of, cause when you're young, you just got so much free time. Like even if you're in college, like I've never been to college, so I guess I can't speak for myself, but even if you're in college, that compared to being an adult, I assume with bills and a family and all these things, you have a lot of free time, you know? And so if you're going to start, start now, you know, my age to like 22 ish, it's like so ahead of the game. And that's a part of why I've started so early is because I know that every year that I spend now is like an extra five to 10 years gained when I'm 50, 60, 70, you know, so. Beautiful. Well, it's quite an update. It's, it's cool. Uh, I think folks, if they go back and listen to episode number 101, that's the last time we had you on the show and yeah. just kind of compare the stuff you were talking about then and what was working and where you are now and how your business has matured and changed and how optimistic you are. You don't have a five-year plan. I've never encouraged you, have I? No, not really. No, no. To get a five-year plan or even a one-year plan. I mean, that language is very common. Yeah. Like 
you know, where do you want to be a year from now? Where do you want to be five years from now? You know, let's map it out. Let's set a bunch of goals. And you're more along the lines of let's serve well with the time that I'm given today. Let's see where that takes. Let's see what opportunities that opens. That's how we run our eight-figure business. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Brett and I's philosophy. If you try to pin us down and say, what's it going to look like five years from now? I need to know. It would be such a wide range of guesses. We have no clue. <laughs> We're going to serve the customers in front of us very, very well. Continue to ask them how we can serve them better. Integrate useful technology into our business to serve our customers better. And that's served us well for 17 years. Mm-hmm. And it's serving you very, very well. Mm-hmm. Just a few years in, uh, you've built an incredible business. So we're very proud of you. I think you're going to inspire a lot of people with this. And it doesn't necessarily make as much sense to you how inspirational this is as it would to maybe some people in their 40s and 50s who are older, who still have some very stale, stagnated patterns mm-hmm. that they're processing the opportunity through. So hopefully this helps break some of those. Uh, what are the thoughts come to mind as we start to wrap this up? And I want to remind folks too, you're going to be at the Proven Conference with us. Yep. You're going to be one of our speakers. People come hang out with you, you and some of the other, on the, the younger end of the bell curve, you guys are going to be hanging out a little bit, talking business, but anyone's welcome to go to your session and ask you questions. I have a suspicion you can have some people curious about possibly hiring you as well after this, which of course is beautiful. We, we'd love to see that happen. Um, you're talking about developing some content with us and for this community. That's coming. Mm-hmm. All those topics, as I'm kind of snowballing them at you here, what uh, what comes to mind? How would you like to kind of close this episode out? Sure. I think I'd like to actually reference what Lappin calls the internet. He says it's like the it's like God's gift to man. Doesn't he say that? Like God's gift to man, or something along those lines, right? It's like the internet, the greatest tool of communication God ever gave man. That's it. Yeah. And so, I mean if you look at business, all it is is relationships, right? And we now have a tool where I can form, cultivate, and grow relationships on a worldwide basis automatically all day, every day. And, you know, the fact that there are people still sleeping on that is kind of wild to me. And it just instantly breaks any, any traditional form of, of business, all businesses, if you're not adapting or dying, you know? And so, you know, to me, I mean, the reason I have clients coming to me, I've got internet-based systems that work for me, right? And I don't have to attract the leads all the time. They come to me, right? I've got, you know, associates and partners and team members that I've never met and they're around the world and they, they do the work when a client comes in, I just sell them, you know? And so there's all kinds of creative ways. It's just, if you know that business is relationship-driven and you know that the internet is like a bridge to form relationships, then it, with, with anybody in the world at any given time, on your terms, then the excuses are gone. I feel like, you know, and that's kind of, that's kind of what I want. That's what I'd like to end on. So. Beautiful. Very well said. And I think folks are going to want to have you back and hear more updates and we're going to be excited to see what course you're developing and what concepts you're working on. Uh, Because, you know, I I can't emphasize enough. I, I said it in the introduction, but I'll say it again, that this is, you know, you've certainly benefited from being in an entrepreneurial household. Absolutely. Yep. But this is a business that you've built. You, you bring me the occasional decision point and what would you do in this circumstance? But I'm constantly amazed. You're generating the momentum and the value. You're billing your customers. You needed a lawyer, so you went and hired one. You didn't even... I, I found out after the fact. You've very much just taken, taken this whole thing by the reins and ran with it. And uh, I feel like I'm learning 
from you very valuable lessons at this point. I've told you and I'll tell the audience, man, you are, you're about 20 years ahead of where I was at your age uh, in regards to building a business. So I can't wait to see where all this goes. Um, but for the listeners, man, this isn't a show about, hey, look at, how, look at how great Trey's doing. I know that's not his heart. It's certainly not mine. But what I hope you have inside as you listen to you know, this guy who's younger than probably 95% of the listeners today, what you have happening inside of you is breaking down of some of those misconceptions that you've got about the scope and the scale of this opportunity that's in front of us. I even wrestle with that sometimes. It's easy to feel like, a business is either going to fail or it's going to succeed, which is it? It's all on the line. And that's just not the way the world of internet business works now. There's behind every opportunity, there's 10 failures and a thousand possible successes behind every door that opens. And you just got to learn to navigate and be flexible, learn constantly. I love the phrase you used a couple times today, Trey, that, that we kicked around, like you said, a few weeks ago, just in time learning versus. Just Base learning. Yes, exactly. You know, in, in traditional education is just just in case. It's always, no, I may need this someday, so I better learn it. Don't waste a whole lot of time on that. Learn what you need as you need it, just in time. And that's what we do around here. And I love that analogy. So well done today, buddy. And let me just talk to the, the listeners today, tell them thank you for hanging out with us today. This is one of those episodes, again, that had a video associated with it. So you can jump into the show notes at silentgym.com slash podcast see Trey down in his room hanging out while I'm up in my office, which is a little strange, but that's where the two good microphones were. So uh-huh. other than juggling cords, we figured, hey, just sit in your room. I'll sit in my office. Let's record an episode. Yeah. And I, I think it went pretty well today. So good job. Thank you to our guest, Trey Cockrum today. And thank you to the listeners, the business building warriors who hang out with us and give us some of the most valuable asset, their time. We appreciate that. We promise a great return on investment when you hang out with the great guests we have on this show, like my son, Trey, today. And uh, God bless all the business building warriors listening out there. We'll have another great episode for you very soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.